You are listening to a Daydreamers podcast, and I am the Daydreamer, Erin Ashley Davenport. So I know a lot of y'all have been wondering where I've been and uh, what has happened to the podcast. Y'all, it's been a crazy couple of months. Um, My life started spinning out of control in October, a couple of weeks after my last podcast, actually. And it's taken me this long, um, really this long, to get myself somewhat together and for my life to be somewhat normal, kind of functional. Maybe functional is the more appropriate word to describe my life at this point. But anyway, bitches, I'm back. Okay, so this is the deal. My headspace was um, has been completely wrecked and my emotions have been all over the place and I've been suffering from creative blockage. Okay, so let's recap, shall we? One, I was unbelievably stressed and frustrated with life and work. Two, my husband was injured being a good Samaritan. He was helping the man whose car had spun out of control of the interstate, and he himself, not his car, but he himself, got hit by another car, which sent his body flying 15 feet up the interstate, okay? Um, three, a week prior to my husband's accident, I was dumped, dumped by my 9-to-5, not my husband, but my 9-to-5 employer. But honestly... It was time for our relationship to end. Like, I had mentally quit months prior, so, you know, but it was like I officially got dumped. And I was like, what the duck? It just kind of came out of nowhere. Not really, but it did. And uh, four, I am one year older, people, okay? All right, so um, so back to my husband real quick. So, y'all, if it were up to the devil, I would be a widow right now. Like, given the incident my husband was involved in, he shouldn't be here. Um, And let me tell you, being a wife is all fun and games, okay? It's all fun and games until you get that call. Um, He was probably still laying on the interstate when he called me and said he got hit. And I could just remember him saying, baby, I just got hit. Now, let me let's, let, let me back up real quick. Y'all remember that episode of Golden Girls when Blanche tells the story of how she got the call that George had passed away. And she says she was running to get the phone and like she tripped over something. She was like, oh, George, I could just kill you. And then she gets the call that he had died. Well, that's kind of how I was feeling at that moment. Like he had probably called me one or two times that morning. And like he gets up, gets up to go to work at like five, leaves the house by five thirty, something like that. So that's kind of how it was. He had already called me and then we talked about whatever he asked me about and then he called me again so this time I was like oh my god Larry what is it now I wasn't like uh like Blanche was but I was like oh my god babe like what do you want why do you keep calling me well there you go for being a little bitch and taking things for granted your husband called to tell you that um he got hit horribly okay so he was just like baby I just got hit I got hit real bad oh god I, I just got hit so like I'm on the other end of the phone and I can hear the extreme pain and fear in his voice. And uh, I couldn't do anything, like nothing at all. He had um, parked in the garage that night and normally I park in the garage. But since I had just got dumped by my nine to five a week prior to, like I was like, you know, you park in the garage. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Well, I don't have nowhere to be besides to the gym. So I was like, you know, you park in the garage. It's November. Like, you know, it's getting cold. It'll probably ice up. And it did. It iced up that night. It was the first night that it had iced up. 
So my car was in the driveway. His was in the garage. Mine was iced up. His was ready to go. So he was on I-20 over the Washita River. Um, and traffic was piling up. He kept calling me back and forth. Like he would call me and then he'd hang up and he'd call me again and stuff. But he was saying it was difficult for me to get to him and he was like it was difficult for the ambulance to even get to him so I couldn't do anything I couldn't aid him I I couldn't save him I just could not do anything besides listen to him on the phone and just sit at home until I was notified that he was admitted into the emergency room and like y'all I felt so small because like I said he kept calling me back and forth and I'm trying to get the story from him but He's not really telling me. I mean, he's telling me what happened, but he's not telling me what happened. Like the man is panicking, you know, and a few times while we're just waiting for the ambulance to come and we be on the phone, you know, we'll be talking and he'll just like, oh, there's, there's my, my mouth. Like he thought all his teeth was gone, like his, his mouth was busted up. My husband's a wide receiver. He's been an athlete his whole life. So he probably knew how to fall. You know what I'm saying? So he kind of probably protected himself a little bit. He ended up, I think his chin hit the pavement. But anyway, so his mouth is busted. He's like blood is everywhere. He's banged up really bad and stuff. And so he would be calm. And then all of a sudden I could hear fear and terror and panic coming. And I'm just like, babe, okay, let's let's focus on this. Like, we don't know how bad you are, but we do know you called me. You are alive. You're alive. You can feel your pain. So you still you still can you have you still have sensation. You're not paralyzed. You you kind of moving around or you're squirming and stuff, okay? So let's focus on that. And so every time he would I could hear him just going not going crazy, but panicking. I'm just like, okay, babe. Now I'm not saying just like you're okay, like chill out. I'm not ever gonna tell him that, bro. You just got hit, you got hit by a car. I'm not gonna tell you that. You went flying up the road. But you're here. You're on the phone with me. You are alive. You can feel, you can move your fingers, you can move your toes. It hurts like hell, but you can move, okay? So let's focus on that. So like I said, I felt small, but I was like, you know, it's time to go to work. So like my Aunt Sweet Pea, my best friend, I've talked about her in a previous podcast. Um, My Aunt Sweet Pea is my best friend. She was the first person to say something to me about my position, and she's talking and I'm talking about my position as a wife. Like it wasn't much, but all she said was, All right, Ash, she calls me Ash, because my middle name is Ashley. She's like, All right, Ash, it's time to put your big girl pants on. This is what being a wife is all about. You know, and so like it was time to be strong. And uh I got what she was saying. Like being a wife don't come with a manual. I mean the Bible, so I guess that is one. But still, you know, it's different. So like I leaned on my wife friends so much during that time period. So I really wanna thank all my my married girlfriends. Not to say that my unmarried girlfriends weren't helping me, but like I mean, this is my other half that, that you know, that could have been gone. I'm not going to focus on the fact that he could have been gone. But, like, now this is what it's all about. It's not all about rings and big-headed, light-skinned, big-eyed bonus signs. You know what I'm saying? And, and trips and houses and stuff. Like, this is what it's all about. So it was time to go to work, you know? So once I began to fully process the events and uh, the feelings surrounding my husband's accident and my marriage, because, you know, that whole, it just, 
your husband almost, you know, your husband in a bad accident just really puts some things into perspective. Like, really, you was really over here bitching about this the other day, girl. Your husband could be gone right now. Do whatever he asked you to do. Or go ahead and do X, Y, Z that gets on your last freaking nerve. And yeah, he peed. He act like he don't know where that pee on the base of the toilet come from. But you know what, girl? He wasn't, he almost could have been gone. So don't even trip on that. Just get down there and clean it up and let him know this shit is unacceptable. But anyway, so like I said, once I began to process those events and the feelings surrounding my husband's accident and my marriage, it dawned on me that I had gotten fired right before, like a week to the day. Like, what the fuck, yo? I watch a lot of living singles, so I know it sounds odd that I'm from Louisiana and I say yo, but that's where it comes from. I love me some Khadijah James, okay? But yeah, so like, what the fuck, yo? Like, how the hell did that happen? And honestly and truly, I know exactly what happened. Um, I had mentally quit in June. And I was already thinking of an exit plan. Um, I said, I actually said to myself, it's crazy how you think you speak things into existence. But um, I had said to myself one day that summer that I had no intentions of being at my nine to five um, by December. And it was, that was just to be like, girl, you know, you can, you already can tell that this is no longer a good fit for you. So you need to make moves to not, to, to not be here anymore. And if you're still here by December, you still need to be making moves. So that was really just like a, get your, get it together, Aaron. I saw one of my girlfriends in town on business and she, you know, it's the regular conversation because she doesn't work here. So it's like, girl, what's up? You know, what's happening with work, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh girl, I'm not there no more. I haven't been there since November and she naturally she was like you know she asked me why and I told her girl I got fired and she was like Aaron what did you do and I said girl being myself like I laughed so hard when I was talking to her um but being fired really fucked me up and I could see if I had violated a policy or something but I hadn't done that honestly I had grown out of the position. Now, I'm thankful for it, you know, the opportunity I had there. But I had grown out of the position and, like, I didn't recognize it until I just was too big for it. And I'm not saying that I'm the shit or whatever, but it was just like, you know, I just didn't realize I had, I couldn't fit into these pants no more until I was busting out of it. And it's like, when did that happen? It's like, girl, it's been happening. You've been gaining weight. You've been getting big. You've been busting out these pants. Just today, the scene finally ripped wide open. That's kind of how it was. Also, um, I didn't recognize how things worked around there. And that sounds odd because I was there for a while, but I didn't really truly see how things were until my later days. Once I got in tune with my feelings and knew that the place was not for me anymore, I was unable to adjust or maneuver. So that so that was some of it as well. You know, you just I mean, you you don't have an attitude like you're rolling your eyes and cussing folks out, but you come in, you say good morning, you go to your office and your work. Well, some people will look at that like, uh, well, you know, she doesn't want to be around here. Yeah, yeah, that's not necessarily true. I'm just not here for all the extra. Like, I'm just going to go here and do what I got to do and uh, complete these projects on time, give you the information you need, make you look good and keep it moving, you know? So it was that type of stuff. When I got let go... That was actually one of the happiest moments I had in a long time at work because I was pissed off. I'm not going to lie to you. I was pissed off. But also, I was like, hell yeah, I'm out this bitch. Yes, I'm finna go. I don't have to worry about this no more. Like, 
I had like just a weight was lifted off my shoulders and stuff. So like I was upset, but at the same time I was like, cool, because you know what? I had been said I was trying to go. I just needed that little push. When I was let go, my direct supervisor was like, Erin, because I was upset. Like, it hurt my feelings. But she's like, Erin, just just give something some time. Give it about a week so the director will cool down. And I was like, nope. I don't want to be here. This is a reason why I'm good. So, you know, that was that. So I had gotten in trouble twice in my nine to five. The first was over some wings at a bar and they thought I didn't pay my bar tab. But wings? Really? And I paid with my debit card and left the tip. So what the fuck? Okay. But um, everything in me said to leave at that point. And that was probably like a year prior that that had happened. And everything told me to leave. But I was like, no, just move past it. This type of stuff happens all the time and everywhere. You can't just run away. You know, you can't just run away. Like, because people think you stole $10 worth of Sutter Holmes wine. You know what I'm saying? You can't just do that because somebody walked out the bar with wings. You can't run away from stuff like that. It's crazy. Stick it out. Not every job is perfect. So that's what I convinced myself. And that's how I stayed a year after I was like, girl, it's time for you to go. This is not the place for you. The second time was the incident that led me to getting fired. Um, I had told someone, not my boss or my or my boss's boss, but I had told someone I didn't like how they were talking to me. And they were talking to me real, like, real disrespectful. And it was like, I, did, I didn't do anything for this. Like, I, I don't understand why you're getting like that with me. Like, none of this is on me. I was told to contact you about some stuff. But I didn't like how they were talking to me. And so... I told them they didn't need to talk to me in that way. Like, you know, I'm not stupid. I understand. But you don't need to talk to me that way. Five minutes later, I was out that thing. Gone. And so I was like, okay, yeah, you definitely don't need to be here. If you tell somebody who's talking to you very badly, you know, that not to talk to you that way and you get fired. Okay, it's not the place for you. But it's cool. I'm not better. I'm not upset about it. It's hard to face the reality that you are disposable, especially when you dedicate yourself to a cause or organization, when you give so much of yourself, put so much of yourself into your work to make other people look good, which is fine. I pride on, I pride myself that my bosses never, in any job, I pride myself on that. My bosses never have to worry about Aaron. They know Aaron's work is going to be good. Aaron's work is going to be A1. It's no mistakes. If she has questions, she's going to come to you. You almost forget about Aaron because she's that good of minding her own damn business and doing what she's supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? So I pride myself on that. But I just think about like all the fights I had with my husband about that place. So many fights. So many, so many disagreements. One week you're being congratulated on a job well done. You're being told that you do excellent work. You're always doing a great job. And then the next week you assert yourself, stand up for yourself. And five minutes later, you're out the door. Like I was filled with shame, so much shame, embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Anger. Because I was like, what the, What you mean? But then I was like, yeah, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy. Then I was like, but what did I actually do? Like, what did I actually do? I mean, I know. But at the time I was like, but what did I do? You can't even tell me what I did. You just don't want me here. But anyway, so confusion, gratitude. I had some bitterness at first. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Normally, 
I bounce back from all situations. Um, but I cannot shake being dumped by my nine to five. Like I cried during my first semi interview. I just went to a, a staffing agency that I had worked with before in the past just to be like, hey, I'm available if you need me. But like just in the conversation with the consultant that I knew, like I teared up. They came out of nowhere. Like, where are these tears coming from? This was maybe like two days later. Because I normally just keep moving. And I realized I was just so freaking heartbroken. It was just like, it was like that scene on This Is Us when Beth got let go from her job and she cried in her first legit interview. Like, I completely understood how she felt. But deep down, I was happy as fuck. Beth wasn't, but I was. But I understand her being upset and her getting emotional about it when she talked about her job. Former job. Also, I couldn't shake my husband's body getting tossed up the road, 15 feet up the road because he got hit by a car. Like, I just couldn't shake that. Like, like what? Like, what? My girlfriend told me that I shocked her because I just kept moving on. I didn't stop or rest. Um, but I did stop. When it came to my husband, I was focused. The effects of his accident hit me later on, though, once everything sunk in. I didn't have time to cry or pass out. I needed to make sure he was fine. Um, I talked to my son's maternal grandmother, Mimi. I talked to her a couple days after Larry's accident, and she she said she wanted to call me. She was like, you know, I just wanted to call you, Aaron, but I didn't want to upset you. I just, you know, but I just, I was like, Mimi, you could have called me. Like, you know, your family. Mimi has always been nice to me. You know, that's my son's mother's mother. Like, Mimi has always been nice to me. So I was like, Mimi, you know, you're like family. You could have called me. You have my number. She's like, but Aaron, I just did not want to upset you. And I told her, I was like, Mimi, I didn't have time to be upset. Like, I didn't have time for that. As soon as he called me, I was like, trying, like, do, what what I need to do? Where do I need to be? Who do I need to contact? You know, this and that. Like, I, I didn't have time for that. Um, being upset, worried, or stressed gets nothing done. It was my time to go to work. And so once my husband was better, I took a step back. I looked at my marriage. Y'all, my marriage is the most important thing to me. And it could have been gone. It could have been gone. He was injured on November 14th, 2018. I wouldn't have known what to do with myself if I lost my husband on that day. Like, I have no idea where I would be right now. Now, when it came to working, I did keep moving. I kept right on trucking. Um, I always had some side job. I was a teacher for a brief stint. I waitressed. I sold life insurance. I looked great and positive on the outside. The inside was horrible. I needed to take a break, but I still have, I still have some single in me. Not that I'm like looking at other guys and I'm trying to date other people. Not like that, but I kept thinking, I can't sit back and cry and lie around and question life. Like I have bills. Like I don't have time for this. I gotta, I gotta pay for this and this, this car notes coming up. And you know, like I don't have time for that. I gotta keep it moving. I did check myself at some point. I had to constantly remind myself that I did have a husband. Like this isn't. Years ago, when you when the company you work for when you first graduated from college closed, you know, when you're just doing any and everything. I mean, not any and everything, but, you know, just doing whatever you can to, you know, pay the bills and stuff like that. All these different random jobs. Like, I still do that in ex- to an extent, but my mindset is different now. Like, girl, you got a husband. That's what he's here for. 
He's here to provide for you. Sit your ass down. Like, yeah, still look for work. Don't be out here being lazy. Don't be acting like a kept woman. But, girl, if you can't pay your cell phone bill, hello, you have a husband that's here to provide for you. That's his job. Sit down. Chill out. Relax, okay? I'm still on the radio, so I still had something I enjoyed. Um, and pocket change, you know. But all creativity stopped flowing, which is one reason why I wasn't doing my podcast. Like, I couldn't even think. I couldn't think about what was happening the next second, let alone, like, develop a whole nother show. So my headspace was just wrecked. I needed to reset and get my mind right. I'm unable to move forward until I acknowledge and and identify my feelings. And that's with anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I have to acknowledge what's going on and I have to identify why, what feeling? Am I angry? Am I embarrassed? Am I pissed? You know, like, what is it? And then also, why? I, I, that's me. I have to be that person. So I, I, when I get upset, especially with my husband, I have to be like, you know, I can't talk to him just yet. I need to figure out what it is I'm feeling and why I'm feeling this for me to bring it to him and we can talk about it. So I started that process. So the biggest issue with my nine to five employer was the way in which I was dismissed. Like I've been working my ass off for you for two and a half years and y'all just boot me out. Really? I thought we were better than that. Like I really did. But you know what? I take the experience for what it is. I outgrew a position that was never meant to grow in the first place. Also, I didn't recognize my place in the culture of the organization until after the fact. I realized that was more of a do as I say type of place. Opinions, feedback, and questions may be asked for, but they really aren't welcomed. And um, like I completely understand the areas where I was weak, and I completely am aware of my actions that caused my dismissal. I don't regret my time with my former 9 to 5. I appreciate it. I learned so much there. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that was presented to me to work there. So there's no hard feelings. I totally get it. Okay, so I disappeared completely. I kept a strong face, but I was hurting on the inside. I'm just now to a place where I can talk about my feelings during that time period. I didn't want to talk to anyone about what was going on with me. It was very easy to avoid the topic. I had thrown my friend Keisha a surprise party. She was about to have a baby at any moment during that time period. And so this was like a a last girl's night before the baby came. So that took up a lot of time. And then it was always easy to turn the conversation to Larry. Like I hid behind Larry. Whenever I did let people know I had gotten fired, I easily followed up with, oh, it was actually a blessing in disguise because Larry got hurt a week, like a week afterwards. And um, so I've been busy being a caretaker, you know, just holding down my, you know, my house and everything, just making sure everything's okay. And his doctor visits and chiropractor visits, all that stuff, which was 100% true. But I mean, he wasn't in ICU. I mean, he was back home. I was taking care of him at home. It was just a cover for me to hide under. After a while, I was able to to take a step back and look at myself. And I, I mean, I realized I was so depressed, y'all. Like, so depressed. I diagnosed myself as a high-functioning depression. I was functional. My house was clean. Um, 
I took baths every day. I was still doing my hair. When I did talk to people, everything was absolutely great. You know, I'm still cracking jokes. Um, Or it was like, well, girl, you know how it is. I'm still looking for steady work, but everything is all good. Lies, y'all. Freaking lies, y'all, okay? Like, I withdrew hard, hard. My girl messaged me on Instagram. She had tried contacting me via, you know, text messages and stuff like multiple times. And I just never answered. So she messaged me on Instagram and was like, girl, did you change your number? And I just I just laughed and apologized because I had apparently ducked off so hard and to the point to where people thought I had changed my number. And I let her know that I was wrapped up in something. That had all my time and energy. And that was partially true. I was I was studying um, my life insurance exam. So that was true. That was taking up all my time. But, but I was still deep in a depressive state. And I couldn't figure out what the fuck was wrong with me. And I say I was high functioning. And that may not even be the proper term. That's just what I saw on Google. Outwardly, I was able to do things that you would think a depressed person wasn't able to do. But, like, I wasn't picking up the phone. I wasn't calling anybody. Like, people had to call me for me to talk or anything. So, like I said, I like to identify my feelings so that I can properly handle a situation. So, like I said earlier, I like to properly identify my feelings so that I can handle a situation. And I just couldn't. One reason I didn't talk to my friends or anyone for that matter was because I wasn't able to tell you what exactly bothered me and why it bothered me. I didn't know how to call up my friend and be like, girl, what's up? And be like, my life has changed and something's going on with me. I'm just not happy and I can't snap out of it. Like everything is good. Like I'm not working right now, but I I have faith. I know I know something will come for me. My husband is still here. You know, I still have my family, I still have my house. But something is wrong with me and I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I don't know why I'm upset. And I just cannot snap out of it. Like, I can't. How do you call your girlfriend up on a random Saturday and be like, bitch, what's up? Something's fucking wrong with me. I didn't know where to start. Plus, I had real issues. I had a real issue. I had a big black hole inside of me. And I didn't want to put that on y'all. I didn't want to do that to my friends. And that's why I was absent. For so long, I didn't even want to record my podcast because anytime I opened my mouth when I was by myself, nothing would come out or emotions would come out and I couldn't think clearly. And I didn't want to do that to my to my friends or my listeners. I was a raw ball of emotions, y'all. Um, like one minute. I'm my regular self, my regular errand, giving myself positive affirmations, praising the Lord. I'm working out hard. I'm killing the gym. Every day I'm running up miles on the treadmill, you know, losing weight, catering to my husband, you know, loving all up on him. You know, everything was the same. It's just that I was at home. I was good. And then the next minute, I'm cussing myself out. Like, girl, when will you learn to shut the fuck up? Think before you speak. You ruin everything. Just Think, slow down before you open your mouth. 
you now you don't even have a job. I mean, you were still temp after all these years. And yeah, you made more money when you first graduated from college, but you had a freaking job. All you had to do was shut up and go to work and friendly bob with these people. Like that's all you had to do. Now, how are you going to pay? How are you going to freaking pay your bills? Sometimes I I just be talking down on myself about being a wife, you know, like you're, you're a selfish wife. Be good to that man. Why are you copping an attitude with him? You need to be thankful that you even have him, that he be not thankful, be lucky you have him. Why, why even work out? Look at you. You're just being lazy. You just so lazy. Look at all those beautiful women. Like you will never look like that. If you keep getting bigger, that man won't even want to touch you and he'll start cheating on you. I know, right? Crazy. I don't, I don't even know where that came from. It just creeped into my head. And then sometimes, you know, I'll be sitting there out of nowhere. Like, Aaron, you don't even talk to your friends. You won't have any more friends because you don't call them. Your friend Jelena, Jelena texting you right now. She texting you right now. You're not even picking up the phone to even look at it. Y'all, I couldn't pick up the phone. Like, I just could not pick it up. You're not even going to have any more friends, Aaron. You're in your 30s and you still don't know what you want to do with your life? Like, that's embarrassing. Do something with yourself. Don't a man want to be with a woman who, who he still got to carry? That's the type of crazy shit that was going through my head, y'all. Now, I don't think this. But that's just the type of crazy shit that was happening that was going through my head. I didn't let these thoughts overcome me. They would creep up and I may be in that moment. Now, I don't know how long that moment would be. Sometimes it would be a minute. Sometimes it would be longer than that. I'm going to be real. But I didn't let it overcome me. I had faith in the Lord, so I was able to get through it. But that's just how things were for a while. The whole reason for my breakdown, the reason for my depression, the reason for my creative blockage, the reason for the endless wandering in my head was because I had a certain idea of what my life was going to be like. And it was currently not what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't what I had envisioned. Now, I'm not saying my life is bad by no means. I have a I have a I have a good life. But I just just certain things I thought would be in place. Like I didn't think I'd be questioning myself at this point. Like I thought once you hit 30. And this is so silly now, but it's like once you hit 30, like everything was in place and you just knew whatever it was. You just knew what it was. And there's no questioning. I thought I'd be in a different place career wise. I thought by now I'd be like set. You know what I'm saying? I'm set in whatever, whatever career it was. And I'm sure there's there's a better reason and a conclusion about where my breakdown came from and everything and the stuff leading up to it and how it's affecting me and this and that. But but this is the best I could do without having a therapist. Also, I was going through normal life situations and didn't realize it. I can look back now and be like, girl, that's life. That's life. Now, the next time I have a life shattering event, whatever it may be, I'll probably be able to bounce back from that, or, you know, or rationalize things a little bit better. But, you know, that's what it was. And I haven't had a major life event like that. Well, negative, I should say. In years, probably when I first started out as an adult, you know, like right after college or something. I've been living in such a big bubble and that thing just popped. It popped and I wasn't ready for it. And it wasn't on my turn. And I was feeling things I hadn't felt before. Larry was my boyfriend for years. He's only been my husband for two years and I almost lost him. Like, what the fuck? Where, what is this feeling coming from? What is it? You know what I'm saying? So I'm feeling things I never felt before. I'm going through situations I've never gone before. Like I've been without a job before, but not on this level, you know? So I just realized now it's life, girl. It's life. But it's all about how you deal with it. I'm sure the next time I'll be able to deal with it a whole lot better or be more forthcoming with how I'm feeling because I'm sure if I would have been like, girl, I'm feeling this right now. I probably got a girlfriend that would have been like, bitch, 
same here, or that was me a week ago. And we'll talk about it, laugh about it. I'm not saying it'd disappear and it'd be gone, but you know, I'd be able to talk to somebody about it and they will understand me. I have to remember that these things and events that happened are not accidents and they are not in vain. Like they're the reason I'm here today. I'm not the same person. I look at things differently and I embrace things that I haven't had before. I'm here thriving and things will get better. My baby cousin, well, she's not a baby. She's about 24 now. But anyway, my baby cousin and I were messaging messaging each other on Instagram. I had posted a picture of me at the age of 23. And um, and I was like, yeah, you know, 23-year-old Erin. She messaged me and said, the picture of me at age 23, that's, that's the age she is now. However, she looks younger than I do in that picture. And um, I was like, girl, I look like an overgrown teenager, but you know, whatever. And she was like, she still looks like an overgrown teenager, you know. But anyway, that was the conversation. And um, through that conversation, she asked me if I had it all together. And I was like, hell no. Girl, I'm not even working right now. And I don't know what the hell to do with myself. Now, this was before all my depression creeped in. But I was like, or it might have been during a good spot. But I was like, hell no, girl, I'm not even working. I'm not even working. I thought I would be having children at this time. Like, I thought, oh, side note. So the other day, Larry and I went to bed. And uh, he woke up talking about baby girl names. And I was like, this is weird. But you know, I went along with it. Because he don't talk about babies. Like, he want another baby. And that was something we talked about before we got married. Um, and we have in our mind that we're going to have a baby girl whenever we do decide to expand our family. But like, he's not just like, oh, let's talk about baby stuff. Like, that's not him. Dogs? We'll talk about, he'll talk about dogs all day. And I'm like, no. But anyway, but I'm like, that's weird um, that you wake up talking about baby girl names. But, you know, like I said, I went along with it. And uh, I didn't like any of the names he came up with. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know where the hell that came from. But anyway. But um, I thought my life was together when I was 23 years old. Um, that was the beginning of my adult life. I had graduated from college, which is like a huge accomplishment. I thought I was the shit, okay? Um, that's what I've been working towards my entire life because college was not an option for me and, you know, or anyone else in my family. Like all the women in my family are college educated. Um, I had my first apartment like off campus. So my first apartment by myself, not living with nobody, none of that stuff. It was fully furnished by my mom. My mom uh, gave me um, really nice furniture from Ashley's Furniture as a graduation gift. So I didn't have no raggedy ass furniture like some people do when they first get their first apartment. I mean, I ain't trying to throw no shade at y'all, but my mama hooked me up. But anyway, I had a boyfriend, which was Larry. Had a boyfriend who loved me. You know, I had a decent car, had a Honda Civic, you know, and I had a job in my field. I wasn't just working like retail or something like I had a job doing what I wanted to do in my career. Who else can say that? You know what I'm saying? Not many. The only way was up, right? Wrong. (laughs) So freaking wrong. (laughs) Like now I look back at myself when I was 23 and I was like girl just uh, just sit your ass down somewhere you're just doing too much save your money stop drinking so much there is such a thing called a belly and a pudge and you'll get it 
you know, just, but whatevs. You know, it's life. It was all good. I had a good time. I look at all these hopeful young people and think they have no freaking clue. They just think they have everything figured out. And you don't. And you'll soon find out, okay? That was me at year 23. So like a year 33, the number 33 appeared in a vision, okay? And this was probably when I was like 31, 32. 33 came to me in a vision. Like I feel like, like I'm always in my head. Hello, a daydreamers podcast, okay? I'm always in my head. I'm always daydreaming. And I feel like the Lord talks to me in my head. So I was like, okay, 33 came to me in a vision. So I said, year 33, that's it. That's when my life would be popping at year 33. And y'all, it wasn't, okay? It was not. I just recounted the last couple of months of year 33, and it was not popping by no means, okay? I was supposed to be having twin baby girls at, at year 33, okay? I don't know what exactly my career would be, but I would be making decent money in combination with my husband to afford two more kids, a teenager, a house trips, and everything else in between. Okay, so there's like some saying, like when stuff starts to fall apart... That means things are coming together. I've seen several Instagram memes about when when stuff is crumbling. You, it's just really like a reset for you to like rebuild your life. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I don't have the fancy words for it, but you get what I'm saying. So anyway, I don't know what my vision of the number 33 was popping into my head. Like, I don't know what it was about. I just, I don't know. When it came to me, I was like, that's got to be what it is because why else would 33 be popping in my head? And I was like, okay, well, my life must be coming together at 33. And, you know, that could have been that bubble I was talking about that just popped wide open. Like, you know, I just built up something and I just thought it was coming and I don't know. Anyway. But as far as lessons learned, I mean, I've had some experiences, had some one-on-ones, got the materials, but I'm still a little clueless. Like, I've been to class, probably need some extra tutoring sessions and stuff, I can definitely say there are some lessons in the experiences that that has happened over the course of all these months, five, six months, but can't quite put my finger on it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm taking notes. I'm still taking notes. And right now... I just trickled over into uh, year 34, okay? So, like, springtime is my new year. It's not January. It's always the springtime. April is when moi was born, okay? So, I never make New Year's resolutions. And when everybody was making their New Year's resolutions in January, I just could not relate because I was like, I have no fucking clue what the hell is going on with me and where I'm going and what I'm doing in my life and what to focus on. And I don't want to hear about y'all New Year's resolutions. Not that I didn't care and I didn't support any of my friends. I just cannot relate right now. I never make New Year's resolutions. However, I do have goals and there are some things I do want to set in place. One of them is just being present with my family and friends 
when things are going so good in your life, you know, like you just kind of just be in your area. Like now I understand all those old people that just want to be in their house all the time and not even old people, but just grown folks, growner than me, just want to be in their house all the time. I get it because now that we've had our house for a year, two years, I can't even remember. I just want to be at home. And if I go there, I want to come right back. Like even when I go visit my mom in Shreveport, I go there and I come right back. Like I go to spend the day, spend the X amount of hours and I come back because I just want to be at home. My grandmother, my great aunt, one of her baby sisters, and then my aunt have passed away. It'll be two years in August for my grandmother. My great aunt, she passed away at the beginning of this year. Um, I had an opportunity to see her, but I didn't see her and her twin sister. They was their birthday party because it was like a lack of money. And I think at the time um, I wasn't working and then Larry had just he had his accident and he either hadn't gone back to work yet or he just went back to work. But I was like, oh, we don't really have a lot of money and this and that. Like, you know, I was upset I didn't get a chance to go see them for their birthday. And I really regret it now because one of the twins passed away not too long after that. And I was upset about that. Although, you know, I could have bummed her out with somebody. I'm I'm just tripping. I don't know. I, I just lost my mind back then. But then my Aunt Karen, the, the baby of our family, my mom's youngest sibling, she just passed away a week before my birthday. And I actually spent my birthday in Easter in our family's hometown for her funeral services. And it was a lovely service. I was happy to see my family, but it was sad. My Aunt Karen had lupus. She was 40 years old and she passed away. I, I will say this. I didn't understand what exactly her illness was I had no clue and then even when I realized it was lupus I was like okay I knew it was something bad but I didn't realize it was what it was and so now I was like I wish I would have reached out to her more I know she knows I loved her love present tense still do love her but you know it's like dang I wish I would have spent more time with her during my de- depression state, and sometimes I still have a little couple bouts of that, but like my aunt Sweepy lives in the same town city as me, and that's my best friend, but I didn't even talk to her. But like I said earlier, I didn't talk to any of my friends, but I didn't even talk to her. I didn't even see her. We stay in the same town, and I, I wasn't even calling her, seeing her. I felt bad. I wanted to reach out to her and talk to her, but like I said, I just couldn't, I just couldn't pick up the phone. The only good thing about my aunt's passing, I try to find the light in everything, and I couldn't find it with my Aunt Karen. I just could not. But the only good thing is that I, I got to see my family. I got to spend my birthday with my family. And I haven't done that probably since childhood. And uh, me and Aunt Sweepy hooked up again. We were actually headed out to go see my aunt in the hospital when we got the call. But um, hooked up with her again. And ever since then, we've been talking a couple times a week, seeing each other. You know, I even got like a temp job at the place she works at. So like I see her and stuff now. So like it's been great, you know. So that's the light in that. But anyway, like I said, I will disengage and I'll be wanting to reach out to my friends. But I'm like, oh, they're busy. They probably not, but they're busy or I'm so wrapped up in whatever it is I'm doing at home. And and then sometimes just like life happens. Like now I am a wife. So, you know, I want to make sure I got my QT with my husband. We got this thing that when we get in the bed, we don't have our phones in the bed with us. And, you know, just quality time. And then like I used to... um call friends and family whoever on my on my way somewhere but after a crazy day at work or just like a demanding day doing x y and z when I get in my car sometimes I don't even play music I just that's the only time I have by myself because I get up I go work out and then I will go to work or wherever I need to go 
put all my face there, put whatever energy and effort I need to put in, wherever I'm doing. And then I got to come home and, you know, put on another face because you don't want to bring the day home to your family. So, you know, you, you change your face in the garage, you get up in there and then you, hey, baby. And then, you know, it's all that. So it's like, even when I was in the car, that was the only time I had to myself. So I just, I wouldn't even play music sometimes. I'm like, this is the only time I really just have to myself other than when I'm in the restroom, you know what I'm saying? Or in the shower. I'm working on being more present, reaching out to my family and friends more. Days are not promised, people. It is not promised. This second minute hour is not promised at all. I met a young lady um, that was brutally attacked. Her attacker had every intention of killing her. Like, that was on their to-do list. Today, I'm going to get up and I'm going to murder this bitch. Like, that's what it was. After learning, you know, after us having uh, some a conversation and the conversation going and I'm, I'm learning of her incident, like the details of her incident, and then uh, the way that she currently lives her life now, just like in the house, um, don't go anywhere unless it's like with family, then it's like right back home. And then like all the medicines that she's on for mental and health reasons, you know, I was like, girl... I was like, I'm surprised you let me, a stranger, in your house. And she she laughed and she was like, girl, I took some medicine before you came so that I can be calm. And I was like, oh, okay. As our conversation continued, she's telling me, she's sharing me all the details of it. She starts out, it's a normal afternoon. She lays her children down for a nap. Um, she goes and sits in her backyard. She hears the doorbell ring. So she goes to answer the door and then someone proceeds to murder her. Eaten in the head with a hammer several times. She was stabbed numerous times, okay? And, like, she was pronounced dead upon police arrival. Like, when they got there, they saw her, checked out the scene. I don't know how the procedure go, but it was like she's she was dead upon arrival. And so I'm sitting there, mouth wide open, because I'm like, really? They stabbed you how many times? She beat you in your head with a hammer? What? So then she tells me that she actually did leave her body. Like, she really was dead. She had left her body. And she says she was so angry, so angry. But at some point, she hears the voice of the Lord. And he said, vengeance is mine. So at that point, she says, okay. She let go of her anger and she went back into her body. She makes a subtle noise and the police who was standing somewhere near her heard her. And it was like, a, it was a small noise, but they heard her and shouted, you know, like she's still alive, y'all, she's still alive. But y'all, like I said, they had pronounced her dead. Somebody's goal for that day was to murder her. And it was bad. She got stabbed several times and beaten in the head with a hammer. Her life is completely changed now. But she's here with her family. Like, she went through all of that. She died. The Lord said the vengeance is mine. She let everything go and told him okay and came. And he allowed her to go back in her body. And so now she's here. Her life is different, but she's here. And she said, normally she doesn't tell people about hearing the Lord's voice because she just doesn't know how people will take it. But it was awesome. Not her attack. She heard the Lord's voice and he said, vengeance is mine. I was like, Jesus Christ, that just brought me so much peace. So much peace. And she said she let all her anger go and instantly went back in her body. Her mother told her she needs to share that with people about the Lord's voice. I don't know about the whole story, but just hearing the Lord's voice so that people know that he's real, you know, so people need to hear that. And I was like, I'm glad she she felt comfortable enough with me to share her story, her entire story with me. Our days are not promised, y'all. Every second, minute, hour, day, week, month, year is a gift. Don't take it for granted. 
thank the Lord for blessing you with another day, another chance at life, y'all. So something else that I'm working on this year, this year, starting this year and going forward is being bendable and being able to adjust. I know that was something that was difficult for me to do um, at my formal nine to five and in life, because if I don't understand something, you got to make me understand it. Because this don't make sense to me. So you need to make me understand. If you're not, you're, you're unable to to explain it to me, then I just, I can't do it. Because you, you you wanted me to change my mind or you wanted me to go left. But going left don't make sense. And you can't even explain to me why. So that's something I have to work on. Professionally and personally. And uh, just really a reminder to myself. Um, I don't do this, but just just a note. A note. Um, don't look through other people's windows. You have no idea what, what's going on with someone else. So don't, don't look through their windows. Put your blinders on and work. Okay. That's just a note to myself. Something else that I'm going to put into action. Um, doing things now versus doing it later. So health. I'm not the healthiest person, but we'll say I'm on, on some levels I'm conscious, you know. On occasion, I can be um, a health crazy nut. You know, I go to the doctor regular. I drink water. I don't eat a lot of crap. I do drink a lot of mimosas, but I don't eat a lot of crap. You know, I took some time off the liquor for a while. I don't feed my family trash. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, fruits, veggies, water, all that. My father passed away of colon cancer at a young age. And actually, um, he passed away at the age my husband currently is now. So that's a little freaky for me. It's very freaky for me because now I always knew I was 15, 16. I was in 10th grade when my dad passed away. And like I knew he was a young man. But now that I'm in the age bracket that he was and my husband is this year, he'll be turning that age. My dad was 38. You might as well go ahead and put it out there, 38. It's it's a little freaky. It's That's a concern for me. Like our health is. Because like I said, each day is not promised. You know, I want us to be able to experience any and everything that we possibly can together as long as the Lord has um, given us time on on his earth. So my goal is is for us to be a more health conscious family. Simple things. Once again, did you did you go to the bathroom today? How many bowel movements did you have? What is your blood pressure like? My family is pretty much healthy. I mean, I did say my auntie passed away of lupus, but I mean, you know, that's that's something different. But for the most part, we're a pretty healthy family. I really don't take a lot of things seriously other than the fact that my dad was a young man when he died of colon cancer. That freaks me out. But like my husband had a recent incident with his blood pressure. He doesn't have blood pressure problems, but it was a little too high when he went to the dentist and he couldn't get whatever work done. He needed to get done because his pressure was too high. So from that point forward, I'm like, what are you eating? You need to go work out more. Basically, I don't want us to be motivated about health because of death. Like I know when my dad is on my mind, but I don't want I don't want us to be motivated because somebody passed away of something that could be preventable health issues. And you know what? I'm just going to also be very real about this. I've said this before. And if you follow me on my social media, you see this is a common theme with me being sexy as fuck. OK, So like my fitness goal is straight up vanity. OK, it's all about vanity. Like I said, I don't want my motivation to be sexy as fuck because my husband was taken away from me prematurely. Well, I should say because the Lord called him home to be in his heavenly kingdom. We'll say that. okay? so I don't want my husband to enjoy this view of my amazing ass from my father's heavenly kingdom. No, no. I want him to enjoy this ass while I'm scrambling him eggs in the kitchen, cooking him grits and flipping pancakes for him in a cute little nightgown or booty shorts. I'm going to be real. 
get a good view of it now right here while we're in the same room I don't want to be strutting around wishing Larry could see me I want him to see it and enjoy it now no lie I'm being real totally real also I realize my mobility is a gift from the Lord so with every weight I lift and mile I run I give thanks and praise seriously like there are plenty of people that wish they could do the smallest simplest of movements they wish they can get up and and check the mailbox they wish they could go run to the store real quick hell they wish they could go to the bathroom you know what I'm saying the smallest simplest things we take for granted I think of my grandmother and my Aunt Karen. Once they were able-bodied people, but due to circumstances and illnesses, it got to a point to where they couldn't move. It was painful to move. They might not have even had the will to move. When I was had my depression moments and my friends would call me, I didn't pick up the phone because I couldn't get to it. I didn't have the will to pick up the phone sometimes, y'all. So things like that. Due to, like I said, illnesses and circumstances and things like the, like your mental state. You can't, you can't even move sometimes. We take so much for granted, and I don't want to take anything for granted. So I give thanks with every movement and praise the Lord for giving me the ability to lift X amount of weights, deadlift 100 pounds, or, or run two, three miles. Every step, every lift. I thank God for that because that's truly a gift. I started my bonus mothers group on Facebook. Yay, me. So that's something I'm proud of. Um, it's a private group for stepmoms. You know, I prefer to use the term bonus moms. But um, but yeah, I started that group. It's called Bonus Mothers, M-U-V-A-S. And I've been talking for years about um, wanting to be around other women that were like me, other stepmoms that were on the same level. Because there's plenty of people that have a significant other with children, but they don't interact or love or care about their kids in the same way I do. So I wanted to be around women that were on the same level as me. Yeah, I feel like I'm the shit. I am the shit when it comes to being a bonus mom. I am. And I only want to be around chicks that are like me when it comes to their significant other's children. So I finally started my bonus mother's group. Like I said, I want to do things now versus doing it later. Like right now, I have 12 ladies in that group, and I'm, I'm totally excited about it. I feel so accomplished. I'm the only one really in there talking right now. And I think it's just because of the subject matter. It's not a mom bashing group. It's not even a dad bashing group. It's just an experience group. Share your experiences, the highs and the lows. In a place where, you know, somebody can understand. So if you know of any other stepmoms out there that want to be a part of a group, a support group, basically tell them about Bonus Mothers on Facebook, okay? It's a private group. Another goal for me that I'm putting in action this year is being active, okay? I want to be more active. Um, I don't want to sit back and watch. I'm going to get involved, I'm going to be confident and do better. And this all stems from um, the ladies I hang around. I hang around some dope chicks, okay? Um, I have some amazing friends. They are confident as fuck, okay? They are all about their business, whatever it is they're doing. They all have their own, um, they all have their own niche. They all have their own area, their own lane, their own projects, very different from the others that they're working on. And um, I just sit back and I watch them in amazement. Y'all, they are confident about their shit. They invest in themselves. They invest in their community. They invest in their relationships. They're smart as fuck. Like I have a friend that's a chemist. 
You know any chemist? Like she's talking about having her own science camp. I just saw on Facebook how she was um, doing a little contest or something about um, coming up with names for her science camp. I'm so excited about that. And I told her whenever she gets that, get it up and running, like, let me know. I'll definitely help out with like her marketing and things like that. I have a friend that is a community activist. I posted her on the podcast, Instagram, and my personal Instagram. Um, but she's a community activist, y'all. One of, one of the things that she's doing, that she has done and is continuing to do, is uh, opening up free little mobile libraries and parks. And the thing about hers is that it's all African-American fiction and nonfiction and authors. So that's awesome. Like, I, I saw that, and it was freaking amazing. Like, she had a ribbon cutting. The mayor was out there and everything. She made front front page of the newspaper. Like, that just inspired me so much just to get up and do something that you're passionate about. I have a friend that creates fashion shows. I just want that dopeness to rub off on me. Like, give me all of that. I have so many other friends that do amazing things, and they do it in their own way. And they just rock it, even if they don't know what they're doing. Like, they just get out there, and they just do it. They don't sit back and watch and wait for people to do stuff. They just get out there and they do it and they create it for themselves and for other people. And I think that is so freaking amazing. I just want to be just like them. These women shine so bright. And that makes me want to shine bright as well. That makes me want to be a better person for my friends, family, and my community. All right, people. So that's it for me. I thank you for being patient with me while I get myself back together. Uh, please share and rate the episode and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And until next time, I'll see y'all later. Thanks for tuning in.